0: Hi, green team. Welcome back. Today's episode is a little change up. You're going to hear a conversation that I got to have with Jason Shepard. Jason is an e-commerce consultant and in the business world, he really focuses on consumers and him and I had a chat this earlier this week, and we talked about what it means to be a conscious consumer. All of us here at Love the Green Life have different levels of conscious consumerism. We're pretty careful about the things we purchase and buy. And as a, a 100% women-owned nonprofit organization, almost all of us Women are the main purchasers of the home. So when it comes to being a conscious consumer, it turns out that we're not what most brands think we are. I hope from our conversation, you learn a couple things. Um, Number one, I hope we debunk some myths on what a conscious consumer looks like and how they're portrayed. Um, And I also hope to push your ideal consumer view and realize that conscious consumers are the consumers of the future. We are the people that are going to be making the decisions that drive the commerce in our country and on the planet, that we need to vote with what we put in our grocery carts. So I really hope you gain some insight from this episode and definitely pop over and check out Jason's e-commerce podcast. It is called the Heroes of e-commerce, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, green team, let's get started.
1: Hi, I'm Jess Taylor. And I'm Natalie Ringgeist And we love the green life. Welcome to our podcast. We are both teachers, mamas, nature lovers, and passionate about changing the world we live in and helping to save the planet by inspiring others.
0: Join us as we discuss practical ways to live a more sustainable, healthy, and green life for you, your
1: family, and even your fur babies. Love the Green Life is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that promotes cruelty-free, chemical-free, and compassionate living. You can learn more about us and what we do at lovethegreenlife.org and on Facebook and Instagram at lovethegreenlife.org. Are you ready to take the next step in your green journey? Well, you are in luck because we have officially relaunched our plant power program and we are so ready to work with you. Whether you are somebody who wants to cut out harmful chemicals from your food and need help understanding ingredients and labels, or you're just wanting help in reaching your goals, breaking some habits, and even if you are already on an alternative diet like being a vegan or gluten-free, dairy-free, any of those things, and you just need some help with meal planning and navigating some social aspects. This program is for everyone. It's a 13-week lifestyle program. It is not a weight loss program or a nutrition course. It's not designed to turn you into a vegan. It is a program designed to help you live a better, healthier, and greener life and eat cleaner with some more veggies in it. We do this in a way that makes sense for busy families and to fit into your daily life to help you succeed at it. We have added some great features to our program. We're so excited about this relaunch. You will get all 13 modules with weekly doable action steps, community support, bi-weekly Q&A office hours where you get to ask us any questions you have and you can get the help and support that you need on what you specifically have going on in your life. You will also get two one-on-one calls with us so we can support you with your specific goals. In Plant Power, you will be meal planning like a pro. You'll be setting goals and changing habits, shopping smarter, learning about healthy swaps, and getting some great recipes for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks too. We are so excited to say that Plant Power is now up and accepting new members. It truly is an honor to be able to go on this journey with you. To learn more about Plant Power, apply and sign up. Head to lovethegreenlife.org slash plantpower for all the details. And make sure if you are not already on our email list to head to lovethegreenlife.org and get on our email list. This way you will have up-to-date information as we roll out more. And you'll even get a plant-based journey guide just for signing up for our email list. We are so looking forward to working with you and helping you truly love the green life.
2: Hello and welcome. I am your host, Jason, and this is the Real Heroes of e-commerce. In this podcast, we flip the script and sit down with real consumers to get their perspective on marketing and online shopping. I hope it inspires ideas and strategies for your own e-commerce business. In this episode, we are talking about conscious consumerism, And no, not the idealistic, unattainable version, but what it looks like in a real practical family from Ohio. I hope you enjoy. Okay, on today's show, we have Natalie. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, I'm so excited to be here and talk to you today. I mean, who doesn't love talking about um, shopping? Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) So yeah, we talked earlier, and you are what you would call a conscious consumer. So we're gonna mm-hmm. dig into that and and learn everything about how you view shopping online and and all those companies that are trying to get to you.
0: I come from the education space. I was an elementary educator for 14 years and ha- was forced out of that space throughout the pandemic and motherhood. Okay. Mm-hmm. And have moved in towards the environmental and entrepreneurship space. And but today I'm gonna really speak to myself as a mother and as the main purchaser of the home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me eliminating certain elements of my diet and making choices for my children have really shaped my purchasing choices throughout our entire lives further than what just what we eat, but from the medications we consume, the drinks we consume, the things that we take with us to take care of us when we're going on trips and things like that. So I'm pretty much across the board a... Eco <laughs> mm-hmm. consumer, you can pretty much guarantee I'm going to check you out if you have a green leaf somewhere on your packaging. I'm going to go, okay, let's see. Let's and see how a, green a, you are. I'm a label reader. Um, I'm not an expert because I believe that probably takes a few degrees, but <laughs> in chemistry mm-hmm. and all of that. But I, I try my best uh to make sure my family is around things that will help them more than it will harm them.
2: Have you always been this way when it comes to shopping? No.
0: I, I very much was the college student that ate ramen, crackers, and salsa with cheese on top and mm-hmm. called that a meal. Still um, delicious. <laughs> I never said no to free pizza. I've always been thrifty, I've always been the person that goes to the, the clearance rack <laughs> of every store. So I've always been thrifty and conscious of my purchases, not necessarily out of necessity, but just of it's my money and, and I'm conscious of how I spend it. So I've always been kind of the deal searcher. I've always been the one that would hunt for the coupon code Mm -hmm. and, you know, you don't buy anything unless you have some kind of discount. (laughs) So that's always been me. The the eco-conscious type piece didn't come till much later. As an educator and a nature-based educator, I learned a lot about the planet and where things are going. And in teaching the young minds of our world about the way the world works, Mm -hmm. um, you start to realize your place in that. And well, wait, am am I practicing what I'm preaching here? Here I am teaching nine and 10 year olds to garden and and (laughs) eat fresh foods and to, you know, watch the fragrances that they're using. If they have asthma and letting mom's parents know, Hey, you know, that might make it worse for them, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I became an educator, um, in that route, just from the families I was connected to.
2: Okay. When was that?
0: Um, well, my last year of teaching was May, May of 2020 was when I resigned from my teaching position mm-hmm. and I have been in nature-based and STEM based education and project-based education since I began my career 2000- in 2006. Okay. So, um, gardening with children and doing practices that are good for the soil and the environment became a part of my curriculum. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you want to be a, a steward <laughs> of those values and, uh, you know you start to see the impact of the impact of consumerism on families and children you start to see the impact that the just lunch purchases and and ch- the mood of children when they eat certain foods and things you know i i looped with the classes i was with i mean that means i was with the same ch- group of children for more than one grade mm-hmm. um which was a magical experience. I don't think you'd ever find a teacher that would ever say that experience is bad. Every teacher that gets to experience that it's pretty um, impactful, Mm -hmm. but in that uh, you start to see dietary habits and you start to see environmental factors that are outside of a child's control and how it affects their behavior and their development, Um, hyperactivity, you mean with like
2: um, eating too much sugars or? Oh
0: yeah. It's processed food, mostly processed food. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't even say sugar. Like, I mean, we baked and cooked and had hot cook, homemade hot cocoa and things like that. And it was a really calm and lovely experience making hot cocoa with your class and kids. Mm-hmm. However, it was mostly the processed foods. It was the kids that had a package for every item. Okay.
2: Um, those are the and ones that wrapped packages.
0: Yes, individually wrapped, highly processed, the things you can buy, you know, a whole box of 50 bags of packaged goods for, you know, $10 or something. Um, Those kids had, my minor is in child development as well. So I do have a medical piece to my education Mm -hmm. background. So I started to notice just lackluster skin, sallow eyes, their attention would be off, they would get agitated more frequently. These kids would lose steam, get tired, fall asleep. Um, and and this is these are families I knew closely. I knew the kids were getting to bed on time. That their parent like there wasn't any other environmental factors because I was on the first name basis with these families. That, mm-hmm. um, you know, hey, they're really not doing too hot. They were they would get ill more frequently. Um, they would not bounce back from illness as quickly. And like I said, this is over the course of of 14 years of anecdotal evidence. I mean, I'm not a a scientist by, by paper, (laughs) but I'm definitely a questioner and a, well, why is that? Why is that?
2: And how did you approach the parents of these children?
0: Well, a lot of times that's not my space. Okay. It just isn't professionally. My job was to teach these children academically. So what I tried to do was work the ends I could, which is we, when we grew things, we grew five different types of tomatoes. We, we had a cold, we live in Ohio. Um, we had a cold weather garden with kales and collard greens and lettuces. And we made, we ate those foods in class mm-hmm. um, and talked about the nutrition. And, and I, I, I went that angle and went the educational route so that the children be- can become empowered. So when they're with their parents, they can go, oh, hey, those are greenhouse tomatoes. I like those. So that's the the route I went. Um, There was a couple families that, of course, they were comfortable enough to share and ask my opinion. Um, And I would give what I could, um, share what I could. But at the end of the day, it was more anecdotal and observation. And then it turned into a very strict purchasing power when I had my own children.
2: Okay. Let's go into that.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
2: So how old are your kids now?
0: They're six and seven.
2: Okay, so when you had kids and you were thinking about their diets and stuff, what, how did you approach, you know, purchasing? Let's just start with the diet stuff and then go into other products.
0: All right, well, I know I wanted to start with Whole Foods. I know I wanted to only use like canned packaged foods like in times of emergency or travel. Um, only because I knew that the closest you are to the actual item, the less fertilizers, the less processing, the less traveling, the more nutrition, the item would have. So for example, I would consistently buy organic fruits and vegetables, steam them, puree them and freeze them for my kids, for my son. Um, who's the younger one, you know, you always do a little bit better with the second round. We (laughs) subscribe to baby led weeding, which means that my son was given whole foods as a young toddler that was not a choking hazard. You know, he'd be gnawing on big, big chunks of celery and getting that nutrition. And it's also a really good teether, by the way, (laughs) if you have kids that are teething, a big old piece of celery works really great for those molars, but I strictly when I purchased milk for them, we tried different plant-based milks. We ended up going with, uh, or an organic milk, which meant a lot of budgeting and working around trying to find ways to do that, to eat <laughs> organically. And I'm lucky in my area that we have a lot of farmer's markets and we have, I'm, I'm not in a place that's called a food desert in which we only have a, a 7-Eleven to eat from. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of options. So we're lucky in our location.
2: How was it financially um, going Mm. all organic and everything?
0: Well, we were a two-income household. I was a full-time educator. My husband was a tradesman, full-time electrician Mm -hmm. Um, at the time. He has since moved on to the more management end of things. And that has subscribed me the ability to be home. So I think that was a huge advantage is that we were a two-income household. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we lived in a 900-square-foot home. (laughs) We lived very much within our means and there were sacrifices that were made, you know, with traveling and things like that in order to build up our children as toddlers and babies. And I think most people would agree that if you wanted to go that route, there would be things you'd have to switch around financially, especially now.
2: Right. What about other types of products that you find important in your life and in your children's lives?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, now what I'm finding is when i'm looking for things for my children such as like bubble bath or a lotion or um i'm not just looking at the ingredients anymore now i'm also looking at packaging um is it recyclable Um, we do have recycling in our town i'm in northeast ohio near akron which is a major city so we have the availability of recycling programs that are diverse so um that's something new that has popped up um I mean, even down to the toothpaste, um, we don't, for example, um, my husband and I really like the super whitening toothpaste. It is not, the word organic has nothing to do with it, okay. um, <laughs> but that's the toothpaste and it comes in, you know, a, a package and a box of plastic and it, it's insane. The amount of packaging. For a tube of toothpaste that's like already packaged and ready to go mm. um so things like that irritate me the packaging <laughs> on packaging the packaging on packaging the the uh, like the clear even um the beyond meat
2: mm-hmm.
0: amazing marketing they are really going the distance <laughs> when it comes to trying to bring a meat alternative to the market. And, and they're definitely a pioneer in that space. However, their packaging doesn't meet their, their story. Oh, okay. I mean, if they're really trying to avoid the use of, you know, all, they, they say, you know, impossible meat uses so much less water, which is true. Um, it's so much healthier on the environment. It doesn't release all the methane. Like I get it, yes. I'm a, I'm somebody that, even though I'm not a plant-based eater, I would look at that, but it's covered in, um, the, the PET plastic it's, it's Mm. not, it's, it's not recyclable. And that's something that I'm like, okay, well, who is your customer then? Is it just somebody who doesn't want to eat meat? Okay in the market but i guarantee that person who doesn't want to eat meat they're part of their reason of not eating consuming meat is the environment Mm -hmm. so there you are just canceling out all this good that you're doing Mm -hmm. um and what's another thing i uh subscribe to um a like sustainable marketing program they send me a product a month and they are they use the least amount of packaging and all of it's recyclable, no matter what, every time they send me a package.
2: Mm -hmm. What what sort of products are they?
0: Um, It is, for example, I have a bamboo um, and a completely reusable like dish scrubber. Mm -hmm. It's made out of sustainable bamboo and stainless steel and the top of it, it, you can completely wash it, put it in your dishwasher, and it's completely reusable. And I have an extra, top like you can slide the top out and put the top end of like a brush mm-hmm. um that's something I use every day I got it through that subscription service and it's fantastic um another product that I got it's another dish product it's a um a scrubby it looks like curled up spaghetti but it's made out of um, recycled peach pits it's and, interesting and it it never smells It lasts for three to four months and it is stronger than the scrub daddy, Mm -hmm. which is a very popular scrubbing sponge to get things off. Um, And I went through and went, once I got that, I went and bought um, four boxes of the scrubbies to give to my family for the holidays. I'm like, these never smell, they never stink. And they work so good. (laughs) So things like, and they're they have com- it's completely compostable. We compost. It's completely sustainable. They're low maintenance packaging. Um, it, it, it again. I'm picky.
2: Right. I'm not afraid
0: to say it <laughs> 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 because not only do I mean the amount I have yet to find an eco friendly deodorant that works. Mm-hmm. Can't find one. I'm I'm still with the deodorant that uh, I, I use like the ultimate clinical deodorant i'm sorry i can't
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. so there's just some products that not an option good enough yet
0: there's not an option good enough across any board whether it's the i'm trying to eliminate fragrances for my own skin health i'm trying to eliminate um colors and dyes um because of the proven impact of those on children Mm -hmm. Uh, many of the foods marketed to children these days have um toxic levels of dye, um, ones that are banned in the UK, um, that are banned by not just like a, a township or, but banned by their food regulatory system, mm-hmm. um, that you can look at the same box of fruit loops and from, you know, say France and our fruit loops. And you look, you put the labels next to each other and they're completely different. And they're both made from by the same manufacturer and company. They just choose what they put in it because of what is allowed.
2: Allowed there. Mm-hmm. That's scary, almost.
0: Yes, it, it is, which is why I've moved on to the education space and in, into environmental education. Um, our nonprofit that I have the podcast for is called Love the Green Life. And we talk about a lot of these things on how to discuss this stuff. Um, with your family, mm-hmm. um, how to budget for it, how to talk about it with your kids, because this is a touchy subject. You don't want them going to school and saying, you know, that ravioli will make, you know, we'll do something horrible to you. Oh my gosh. Like, no, we need to be kind. So we talk a lot about how to, how to navigate that And how, when your children maybe have alternative diets due to health or by choice, like gluten-free, dairy-free, we talk about how to, how to do those situations and how to live holidays as a family and, Mm -hmm. and things like that, because it's a very lonely consumer space.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it is. What about clothing? Do you Mm -hmm. go after sustainable clothing? you already mentioned dyes, but that was related to foods.
0: That was mostly related to food. Um, We shop mostly secondhand. That's number one, because right now there is enough clothing to clothe the world Mm
1: -hmm. right
0: now, already here. Um, So that's always first. Um, We live in Northeast Ohio. So that means a lot of specialty weather clothing, like boots, snowsuits, gloves, hats. And these aren't the cute ones that you can get at a Dollar General. You need something that actually is going to protect the skin and things. So, um, what I've been able to do is join like mom groups where we do like large purchases through, um, like outdoorsman, outdoorsmen manufacturers that like, if you have a big group order, they'll give you a certain discount. Mm -hmm. So I've been a part of purchasing groups that way through Facebook. Um, that's, one way. Um, that's how I got all of our things with, through the company, Awaki. Um, and I buy a lot of things on off Mercari, which is a kind of like an eBay. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, but they're Mercari M E R C A R I. It's a resell. Um, it's like a resale platform. Okay. And, uh, okay. that's where I've been able to get a lot of my sustainable clothing. Cause I feel like I'm getting kind of a double punch where I'm not only buying secondhand, but I'm buying the organic, um, vegan brands that I like, like Pact PACT. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a little bit over my price range normally. However, I'm able to get things, you know, off a resale site, basically.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Secondhand route.
0: Ab- absolutely. And again, I live near, um, I I live in Akron, um, which is a major city. We're 45 minutes away from Cleveland. Um, and I think that has a huge impact because there's a lot of availability there. Mm -hmm. There isn't just one, um, resale shop. There's vintage and resale shops all over.
2: Yeah, that helps. It really does kind of affect your buying habits where you live. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Um, but I've seen a lot of really great things with people that sell their clothing and their items through like ThreadUp or those resell kind of apps. Um, That's where I get a lot of my kids clothes because you can buy lots.
2: Oh, okay. Let's talk a little bit about marketing. Okay. What sort of marketing do companies do that that you like or that you don't like?
0: Okay. Um, I really like when they speak to me as a consumer um address me <laughs> and say hey you know number one just give me updates on when things are arriving I've, I've, a lot of my purchases that happen online i want to track it know when it's coming um that's pretty important but when it comes to like eco-friendly marketing a lot of it is a you got to go through a lot of wackawoo and when i say wack-a-woo, <laughs> i mean like if you go to say an Instagram reel and it's this girl in tight, hot yoga pants, like doing this, and I'm pushing my hands together in a prayer position mm. and she's like bowing to a tree and then it's dishwashing detergent. Oh, that's fun. Um, I'm an eco-conscious person. I'm in t-shirts. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to respond to a 20 year old, um, bending backwards and telling me that I need this vegan mascara. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -mm. It's not quite going to fly, but what I do respond to are, um, active consumers that really display the disparity in products and items with facts and content that is, extremely transparent. An example of someone who I follow is this woman called Vani Hari. V-A-N-I-H-A-R-I. She, her nickname is The Food Babe, which that makes me cringe a little, but that's her name. That's what she has. She was one of the pioneers of getting the orange dye out of Kraft macaroni and cheese.
2: Okay. Yeah. I heard about that.
0: Okay. She was the um, pioneer mother <laughs> and that Um, spearheaded that. And now she is in that space. Um, She's a good person to peek at because she will show you label one, label two. Okay. And then you can make your own conscious decision. She doesn't um, demean products. She doesn't say these are evil doers and we must you know, slay the corporate giant. (laughs) No, we just need corporate giants to do better. (laughs) And I really love that respect that she has for the capitalist space and consumer space that we are in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of eco brands go the wrong way in being um, so, uh, let me think they try to live off of this like hippie vibe Mm -hmm. when some of us just live in regular towns with regular kids. We have, you know, stuff piled up on our chairs that we haven't sat on in three days. Like we're not going to, you know, yoga retreats Mm -hmm. and I'm not, you know, kissing my crystals under the moon at night. Um, (laughs) Because I feel like like a lot of the eco-conscious space they think that's the cusp, that's the consumer,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not somebody who's really real in here. And I, listen, I just want my kids to have things that are going to help them learn and grow and hopefully um, let them thrive in my family as well. So yeah, I could tell you a lot about, I could probably sit through one person's feed and go, no, no, no. <laughs> Um, because I, 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 who they're speaking to, isn't their actual consumer. The person that actually has the money to buy some of this stuff. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. So it seems like to me, from what you said earlier, that when it comes to conscious consumers, just regular old people, they want to make the decisions themselves based mm-hmm. on knowledge rather than, like you said, the performative marketing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like showing the labels side by side. So you can make yeah. the decision rather than, I guess, being told.
0: Exactly. And I, and I think most people respond to that approach. Um, most people, they don't want to be told by this or else they don't want to be spoken, um, to in a way that insults their intelligence. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think the more transparent, um, companies can be, um, the better we all are for our own knowledge and choices, especially now when we still are feeling like we can have an impact and we still feel like our purchasing power can mean something. Um, the companies that have made the switch to be more transparent are the ones that are going to do well as our economy goes on. And as the environment, uh, reacts to everything that's going on with it.
2: Mm -hmm. Very cool. So you mentioned that you have a subscription to an eco-friendly,
0: is it a marketplace? It's called, um, it. it I th- there's a similar one that's a food program. This one is strictly eco-conscious products. It's called Mighty Nest. Um, it's, it's just not food-based. No, it- it's um, 9 dollars and they send you one eco-conscious product, a little recyclable postcard about it. And it is in the least amount of packaging possible. Um, And it's safe to say every product that I've received, either I've used and then repurchased, Mm -hmm. or it's been an excellent gift for someone else. It's maybe just not something that I would use or, you know, something about, I think we got something along the lines of like canning and like repackaging or something. And I, pass those on. I think we got some refrigerator deodorizers and I'm like, ah, here you go mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm kind of good on those. So, um, I think that's the, and it's the, one of the only subscription services that I keep, mm-hmm. um, again, for thrift purchases <laughs> for be trying to be thrifty and trying to not waste a lot of money. Um, but it helps keep me in the loop of trying things and, uh, helps me see where some companies are going
2: mm-hmm. it's really cool mm-hmm. just to kind of wrap up you know, what advice would you give to someone in the sustainable product space mm-hmm. for for reaching people like you
0: oh my gosh my first thing is to for, find us we're love greenlife.org. we're a nonprofit organization and we definitely we'd be happy to talk about your product and how you source them. Um, we've said no more than we've said yes to people as we've chatted things up. Um, however, I think reaching out to your local community gardeners, for example, reach out to, we have a master gardeners program in Northeast Ohio that is longstanding with a lot of old, not old elderly and gardening people with a lot of time, man, they could sit and talk to you and let you know. So I think reaching out to the people the type of person that you want to purchase your product. So if you really want to sell to the yoga studios and the people wearing those yoga pants, um, which I enjoy yoga and Pilates thoroughly go to those studios, um, go where those people gather, go to those tea shops, those, the hookah bars, (laughs) um, find out where your consumers are hanging out. Um, I'm in the vintage space. So I'm constantly at street markets and farmer's markets and, um, just different, you know, neighborhood block festivals and things like that. So that's where you're going to find, I think, a lot of those types of consumers. I think you just have to know who they are. And
2: find. Right, know who they are. And then
0: mom groups are a great place to go. If you can find like the natural mom groups, hiking, there's hike, like mom hiking groups. Mm -hmm. I know I was in a mom and me um, hiking group when my kids were, were both little and, We'd meet little moms and hike and, you know, we'd have our snacks out. And and that's a perfect example to hit the main purchaser of baby and toddler food right there. Because then I saw what other moms and dads had and go, what's that? What's what I got? You know, it's word of mouth that way.
2: All right. And thanks again to Natalie for being our guest. You can find a link to her website in the show notes. And be sure to subscribe for more content and insights on our Substack, the real heroes of e commerce. See you next time.
0: So, even though this conversation was pretty relaxed, I did share a couple pretty strong points about myself as an environmental consumer and my own views of what it means to be a conscious consumer. I wanted to wrap up this episode with just a few final points so that if you have a business or if you're looking into becoming a more environmentally friendly consumer, some overarching goals that you can look for in brands and products that you purchase and some overarching goals that you can try to reach if you own your own business. And these come from Cheyenne, who is a copywriter who works with eco-conscious brands that Jason had a chance to talk to. And he shared a couple of her insights in his email newsletter. So she suggests to be completely transparent. The most important thing that you can do as an environmental business, or the most important thing you can look for as an eco-conscious consumer is know your products, find out where they come from the communities that support them and if they're being taken care of if they're taking care of the environment and the communities that they're being produced in i also suggest and i really agree with cheyenne here she said find out more on the why why are you purchasing this product and less on the money if you want to thrive in your business focus more on why you're creating something. And if you're eco-conscious consumer, figure out, okay, why am I buying this? Is this just for a one-time event or am I really trying to improve my daily life or the life of my family members in some way? Um, You do need to acknowledge the cost involved. I know I spoke to Jason about my family being a two-income household and absolutely that was a driving factor that enabled me to be a more ego conscious consumer. I think it's important to note that most sustainable products last a long time. There are some things that you can just buy it once and have it for life. And I think that needs to become more of something that we consider when we're buying things and purchasing things like, yes, it might be more money up front, but in the long run, things are going to last a lot longer. And I also love what Cheyenne said about piling on the benefits. Make sure you're getting products that can maybe be flexible that you can use in many different ways. And that can save you even more money because you're not buying nine of something, you can buy one. And I think it's important to remember the value of the products and the things that you are purchasing. The value of supporting a local business, for example, is something we talk a lot about here, but also the value of you know, getting something made out of a sustainable wood or a sustainable material such as bamboo or buying something that is more plastic free or zero waste such as reusable snack bags. I really think that at the end of the day, you know what's best for your family and friends, and we all do the best we can. So please, I hope you are kind in your judgments and know that we all are learning every day. And here at Love the Green Life, we definitely support making one small change at a time. Thanks for listening to the show. We would love for you to follow
1: us, leave a review, and share this podcast with your friends. Your support will help our nonprofit be able to do more good in the world. See you next time.